Hello there, I'm Rob Manafield and welcome to Everything Racing Podcast. Now, it's back baby. Formula One is back this weekend with the Australian Grand Prix and it's time for my pre-season predictions. But this year, we've got something pretty freaking awesome lined up for the pre-season predictions episode. I recently was a guest on the Outlap F1 podcast, the boys out in Chicago. The Formation Lap podcast were also guests alongside me. And basically, we went through the whole field predicting where they would finish and where the teams would finish in the Constructors' Championship. And I have to say, it's an absolute barn burner of an episode. Uh, so this Pre-season preview is going to be unlike the one I did last season. It's going to be the entire episode of the Outlap F1 podcast episode that I was involved in. It's going to be there in its entirety, and I really hope you enjoy it. Just a bit of a kind of a heads up, I guess. I don't use this microphone. I'm using the microphone uh, like with my uh, Apple earphones, if you will. Um, because the Outlap boys use a different software to me. So the the sound quality isn't like what you get from this mic. But I think it all sounds pretty good. And we have a lot of laughs. There's a lot of banter. Some crazy predictions uh, from yours truly. And uh, I really hope you enjoy it. Like I said, I had a blast recording it. And I hope to be on their podcast soon. Go search for the Formation Lab podcast on Facebook and Twitter. All the socials, all the podcast apps you can get. Uh, and same for the Outlap F1 podcast. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the 2020 preseason predictions episode. Welcome into the Outlap F1 podcast. This is a super special, aka a mega episode, as we like to call it here. I am your host, James, along with my normal co-host, John. But on top of that, we have Rob from Everything Racing Podcast and Luke from the Formation Lap Podcast. And we're going to do a little bit of a 2020 season prediction episode. So, boys, welcome in. Uh, let's start with Rob. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your podcast? Hey, how you doing, lads? I'm really happy to be on the podcast. Thank you very much for the invite. So, I host Everything Racing Podcast out of a uh, beautiful Exmouth here in the UK, nice seaside town. And basically, it covers Formula One, Formula E, IndyCar, MotoGP, uh, various types of motorsports. And I tell uh, racing stories, so tell the stories of drivers' careers, certain seasons, uh, tell the news, what's going on. Every couple of weeks, I'll do a update on the news uh honest racing hype so basically if you've ever seen the youtube series honest trailers it's kind of like that but for a podcast and about f1 and motorsport and all the rest of it and uh yeah just all things every you know motorsport so yeah that's everything racing podcast in a, in a nutshell very good and it is awesome to have you on especially all the way from across the pond yeah um now we now we also have luke coming from what some would call the most boring city in America. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> this episode is starting off real well. <laughs> shout out, shout out Chris Bryant. But uh, Luke, why don't you tell us about your podcast and uh, a little bit about yourself? Uh, I'm Luke. I'm with the Formation Lab podcast uh, through the 101 studios at 101 ESPN. Uh, we're out of St. Louis. So for those of you who aren't familiar, uh, St. Louis and Chicagoans are rivals in pretty much everything. So there'll be a lot of that going on. We, uh, we talk F1, we talk IndyCar, uh, we talk, you know, some GP reviews. We like to do news. We have a couple of awards we give out every week. Uh, we're hyped to get back into, uh, the next season of formula one, next season of IndyCar and, uh, win 
you know, IndyCar, when NASCAR comes in through St. Louis, um, we have the ability to talk to a lot of the drivers uh, through some connections. So uh, just a, a great time. And uh, Tim and I have, Tim, my co-host, who unfortunately couldn't be here, uh, have just a wonderful time uh, producing this show. Awesome. Very good. And then, uh, John, if you wouldn't mind telling the people where they can find the guys from the highest rated Chicago based Formula One podcast <laughs> in the world, please. We got a lot of com- competition on that, but yeah, uh, <laughs> obviously we're on, we're on uh, Twitter and Instagram uh, out uh, at Outlap F1 podcast on both of those platforms. Obviously, you can email us as always at chat now at outlapf1.com. And then uh, our old buddy from North Carolina made us a beautiful website that is www.outlapf1.com. But yeah, thanks to both of you guys for coming on. It's a thrill to, to have this mega episode. And uh, let the shit talking begin. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so uh, just a brief uh, discussion of the structure we're going to go with for the episode. Uh, pretty much we're going to go team by team in the order that they finished uh, the final constructor standings of 2019. Um, we'll discuss the driver changes within the team, uh, if there were any. And then, of course, we'll talk about uh, our thoughts on whether the team will improve or fall back in this upcoming season. And then finally, we'll predict where the team will finish and where each driver will end up in the uh, final standings. And then when that's all done, we do have some final uh, random predictions that we'll toss out there just to have a little bit of fun. So um, if you guys are ready, I'm excited to get started. And uh, like I said, we'll start at the bottom of the table. And that, of course, is Williams um, finishing last year in 10th place. Um, so, Rob, why don't you start us off? What do you, what do you see for Williams as the uh, the only English guy in the group right now, what do you think about their chances this year? You know what? It cannot get any worse than it was last year. So, <laughs> I mean, so, you know, it, like I said, can't get any worse. I, I think they'll do better. They've got uh, their lineup. I mean, I think George Russell is really, really strong. Uh, we haven't seen everything we can do from him yet, but this is his year to really shine and, and take that next step and make an argument for himself to be, you know, a top driver going forward. Uh, Nicholas Latifi, uh, I feel so bad for the guy because in terms of being a rookie, this is a really, it's not the best situation to find yourself in as a rookie. Hit, I'm worried I'll end up like Sorokin and just get completely pushed to the side. Uh, I, I wish him the best, but yeah, it's going to be tough, but I think Williams, naturally, they're going to have to take a step forward because it cannot get worse than last year. That's that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. Whether it'll be they'll beat anybody else, I don't know. I don't think so. But yeah, they'll score some points. They'll score some good points across the season, hopefully. Yeah, you know, I'm hoping and expecting the same for them that they'll actually score uh, more than the singular points they got last year. Um, I you, you possibly cannot get any worse than what they did last year. I don't think. I mean, I guess they could have had zero points, um, which would be worse, but. Um, I think their prospects look better. Both drivers are young, fairly exciting. I know the TC got into racing a little bit later in life compared to most guys, um, and he is a bit of a pay driver, but uh, he does seem to have skill and full function of both arms, so that could be a uh, advantage for him. <laughs> God, savage, yeah. And he's got a rich daddy, so I think that separates him from Sorak and Argus. Mm, that is true, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, Rob, you got anything for Williams? Um yeah, well. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm just on that. <laughs> yeah, I was just say. I thought Rob just did it. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I think George Russell said it best when he said, you know, we could gain one and a half seconds per lap over last year, but if other teams gain a second, we're still going to be in last place. Um. I think Williams, they're going to have to naturally take a step forward. I think you know, I think honestly that the car will be stronger this year, but when you're 
what two plus seconds a lap slower than every other team. Uh, you can't make that up in one year. Um, you know, Rob hit on it. I, I am excited for uh, for George Russell. Uh, he's I have high expectations for him. Um, with an asterisk that like high expectations for George, for anybody in a Williams car is like what 17th place. Um, <laughs> but uh, I, Nicholas Latifi is a bit of a question mark, but I think he's undoubtedly good for Williams. Um, he brings in the money and I like Williams. I like the idea of, you know, a privateer team. I always want to see the privateer teams do well. So if that's what Williams needs to stay afloat right now, then let Nicholas Latifi have at it. Uh, you know, Rob hit on that. It's a tough, it's a tough position for him to be in. You're in undoubtedly, you know, one of the least competitive cars in what, 20, 30 years, maybe ever. Um, and not only that, but George Russell is such a strong, had such a strong rookie season. He looks like he has the poise to, you know, come up and be a convincing driver in the upper half of the field. You're going up against one of the best, uh, young, one of the better young drivers on the grid as a number two in the worst team. Uh, Nicholas Latifi has his work just absolutely cut out from for him. I expect him to get blown out by Russell, but I don't think that's going to be what determines my opinion of his rookie season. That's fair enough. Um, and John, you got any last points before we get into the uh, predictions for Williams? No, I think you guys summed it up pretty damn well on that one. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an interesting year. You know, it's nothing that George didn't have to do himself as far as coming in as a rookie and in and, and a crappy team. I'm hopeful that the team will actually be a little bit better than they were when George had to go through it himself. Um, and hopefully having two teammates that are slightly more match or better match for each other might actually give that kind of that McLaren effect and push them that step forward, um, having two guys that hopefully don't have a real rivalry at this point, but can just kind of focus on improvement overall. So I'm hoping that is going to lead to some at least decent things uh, for Williams in 2020. I mean, the only thing for me about Russell is that he, he's definitely got a massive pressure on him now because everyone knows and says, Oh, you know, he's going to be, you know, a star of the future, but this is his only real chance now to take that next step. If he gets like even remotely like matched by Latifi, who's in his rookie season, then that's not, that doesn't make him look great. And Latifi can go in, not much pressure, rookie team, no rookie driver and not the best team in what will probably be a poor car. And if he doesn't do great, then it doesn't matter so much, but Russell's got this reputation. So anything more than, you know, Mm -hmm. at least scoring a few points across the season is, would be considered a failure. And then what happens to his future? And I, that's a that's a really strong point. Yeah. I, I wanted to point out too that you know Nicholas Latifi, um, again, not sure what I expect from him, but with Robert Kubica last year, I mean, it, look, it was an awesome story, but let's not you know mince our words here. He was terrible over the over the course of the season, except for the one point, obviously. Um, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what George Russell does because maybe you know some. Maybe having a teammate like Robert Kubica um, kind of pull up the rear of the pack, did that make our perception of George Russell a little higher? You know, do, are we going, well, look at what Kubica's doing in that car, and George Russell's blowing him out of the water. It'll be interesting to see if Nicholas Latifi is, is a solid teammate, if that affects um, what we see in George Russell when we get 
a more average driver, so to speak, into the other car. I mean, one. Yeah, and it'll, best, it'll definitely give us something to watch there at the uh, the back of the grid. So, um, at least as fans, it'll it'll give us something to to hold on to, I guess, even at the uh, the, the bottom of the pack. Yeah, I mean, when you got two Mercedes drivers that neither one of them are officially locked in for 2021, uh, this is a make-or-break mm. year. Uh, you know, there could be that second seat could be available potentially as early as next year for uh, for George um, if he can have the year that we're – I mean, I'm a huge fan of him, so I'm hopeful that he, he has a kick-ass And year. Williams love him as well. Yeah. Williams love the guy. Like, you only have to hit us and declare Williams talk about him. And they are so fond of him. So whether they're going to go and like have him basically be like the number one, like officially, so Latifi doesn't really get a huge amount of a chance to take it to Russell. I mean, I don't know. But yeah, Williams love the guy. So, I mean, they'll probably give him, I guess, slightly preferential treatment over Latifi. For sure. And you never know, John, maybe next year. Uh, Lewis Hamilton decides to focus on his vegan restaurants and uh, step away from Formula One, and both seats will be open to Mercedes. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the predictions. Big old little finger for you. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <Keep going. laughs> I'll, uh, I'll start things off here. Um, I think Williams is going to be better, but at the end of the day, they're going to finish at the bottom of the table. I got Williams finishing in 10th. Uh, George Russell moving uh, up a place this year, but still finishing in 19th as compared to 20th last year, and then Nicholas Latifi. Um, all the way at the bottom in 20th place. So, John, who you got? All right, guys. So, I'm going to go a little bit bold, actually, on my prediction. And I'm going to have Williams in ninth place in the constructor. Whoa. Whoa. Wow. Yep. You, brave. Getting a little brave. Come on, you Brits. I need some love here. Uh, for standings, I think it's going to be really, really close. Um, I'm going to have George Russell. James, you're going to have to help me remember all this because it's going to get a little crazy. I think I'm going to have him in 18th place and Latifi in 20th. 18th. Wow, okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, Rob, you want to go ahead? Uh, So I'm – yeah, I think like it's been said before, Constructors 10th and – Going to go Russell 19th and Latifi uh, 20th. Fair enough. Right in line with me. And then how about you, Luke? Anything different? No, the exact same thing. I expect Russell to get, you know, a, a few points, but nothing special. 19th, Latifi 20th. All right. Fair enough. All right. So now let's move on to the uh, American version of Williams and that being Haas. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John, you know, you're from North Carolina, same place as uh, old Gene Haas there. So you want to you kick us off with this one? Uh, yeah, I'm going to predict these guys in eighth place overall in the constructor standings. Ooh, okay. Yep. yep. And then that'll obviously lead me into the who's last in a second. Um, as far as drivers, K-Mag, I think he's clearly the better of the two. So I'm going to have him finishing in... Uh, let's see, 17th for him and Grosjean in 19th place. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, for Haas, my biggest concern with them for this year now is the, um, the word coming out that Gene Haas is kind of going to take the first few uh, races of the year and kind of decide on whether he's going to continue in the sport or not. Um, I can definitely see Haas starting off on a bad foot yet again. Um, 
probably, you know, some bad pit stops in, in Melbourne would be uh, expected. <laughs> oh, come on. No, please. Give me a break. They have a 25% finish rate, all right? Respect the 25%. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think they're going to start off bad, and then Gene is going to decide it's not for him anymore, and they're going to spend no money on development. Um, but I, I do think they'll still eke out, you know, uh, being just ahead of Williams. Um, I, I really considered – uh, putting uh, putting Haas down in 10th, but uh, I, I just don't think Williams is going to make that big of a leap this year. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I've got Haas in ninth place as well. Um, and uh, what I got, uh, K-Mag in 16th and Grosjean uh, down in 18th. So, yeah, not, not much expectation for Haas. Uh, how, how do you see it, Luke? You know, real fast, Luke, before you go, I'm – fuck it, guys. I agree with it, James. I mean, it, it pains me to be that close to Haas in large portions of my life and see them be shit. I, I you know what? I'm going from eighth to 10. I'm putting them dead last. It's done. Lock it in. Wow. Lock it in. Well, let's continue. All right. Haas is in 10. Fuck them. I was, I was, well, but first off, let me preface this by saying uh, you're hearing my keys right now. Uh, I have a Haas lanyard on there, and everywhere I go, one, nobody knows, you know, nobody follows Formula One here in the Midwest, except for the select few freaks. And then everybody who knows what it is just goes, oh, oh, you. That's all they're good for, right? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, not like they're doing much in NASCAR, from what I hear. But uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, so Haas, I think there is a way forward here and they have one positive thing and that's that last year they didn't have their tires like figured out at all and supposedly the tires are going to be easier to figure out uh but i still i'm going to go seventh i'm going to go seventh with haas uh you know no 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 i'm gonna go eighth with haas eighth with haas yeah bold bold prediction we're going eighth with haas um, I think Kevin Magnuson, he's a, he's a talented, uh, talented enough driver. Um, he's pretty consistent, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the negative pressure surrounding Haas this season. Last season, you know, you started out with incredible disappointment in us in the whole season, really. I was going to say Australia, but <laughs> it's par for the course for them to fail <laughs> in Australia. Yeah. I was going to say, you're going to pinpoint it down to one race. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, they had incredible disappointment in Australia and then specifically Bahrain after that, China. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but uh, I think I'm going to go Kevin Magnuson uh, finishes, let's see, what we did, 1960. Yeah, so I'm going to go Kevin Magnuson finishes 16th, and then uh, Romain Grosjean has an asterisk next to him because I have a bold prediction for Romain Grosjean Ooh. that I think we might have that to he does that. not finish the season. Is that what it is? <laughs> um, not quite, but near near yeah. enough. But not, I yeah. I don't know if Romain Grosjean finishes the season. I will get in. Uh, I will. Should I get into that now or in the replacement drivers? I'll let you guys decide. The replacement drivers prediction. Yeah, uh, let's, let's, that, that's, let's save that for the uh, the special predictions later. Then. Uh, yeah. Is that now, is that replacement driver going to finish 18th then? Uh, I'm just going to say that Romain, with the, for lack of complicating my whole thing, I'm just going to say that the Romain Grosjean slash replacement driver is going to combine to be in 18th. So. Fair enough. 
yeah. I just don't expect him to improve. I think he's got, um, I don't know, Rob, what you guys call it across the pond, but in America, we call it the yips. And I think he has the yips. He's just, he's inside his own head. And I just don't see any signs of improvement over his just bad luck, his driver errors, or just his slow pace when he is, you know, on the track. So, uh, yeah, so I, I'm not too high on Haas. And like you said, with the pressure of Gene Haas trying to figure out his season, uh, figure out the future of his team on the start of the season where they've retired 75% of cars in the opening race. Uh, I just can't foresee good things coming out of that out of that outfit. So as much as it pains me to say, Haas is not, not too high on him this year. Understood. Uh, Rob, where do, where do you got the highs and their drivers for the team? Right. Okay, so with the constructors, I've got the ninth. Uh, again, ninth place. Uh, and then I think you said it, one of you said it before, so I'm going to say Kevin Magnussen, 16th, and Grosjean, 18th. Yep. Um, my prediction isn't that there's going to be a replacement, but I think it'll be announced at some point during the season that Grosjean's not getting retained for 2021. Um the, the whole thing with Gene Haas turning around and saying, right, lads, I'm going to decide the future of the team in the opening stages of the season. I think that is a fucking terrible yeah. idea. Oh, yeah. Like, give give the team half a season, at least half a season. Get to Hungary, go for the summer break, and then, in those four weeks, make your decision then. If you're going to make the decision off the back of, like, the first five races or six races, like, th- you can really, like, kind of judge Australia, because that track is just such a one-off that you can't really judge the car anyway. I mean, look at last year. Like last year, the Haas was an absolute beast in Australia. Arguably the f- the fourth fastest car, and then it all went completely to shit from there. So, at actual circuits, so go wait half a season, make your choice then about whether you're going to continue. I I don't know whether he'll completely just drop the whole thing because I just can't see that happening. I think he they're just maybe they get rid of Steiner as the boss, but I think they'll. For sure, they're going to drop Grosjean. But yeah, Constructors 9th, Magnussen 16th, and Grosjean 18th. But he'll see out the season. All right, very good. All right, so now we'll move into our first of two Alpha teams on the grid starting this year. Um, that being Alpha Romeo, finished last year in eighth place. Um, nothing too exciting going on there besides uh, a few quotes from the Iceman being Kimi Raikkonen. Um, I, I don't have very high expectations for Alpha Romeo coming into the year. I'm glad that that Kimmy's going to still be out there racing. He's always a he's always a joy. Um, a lot of good tidbits from coming from him on the uh, the old radio there. Uh, but really, I, I just don't see it. I, they didn't have a very good testing program. Um, they are definitely one of the slowest cars on that track in Barcelona. So uh, I, I see him staying solid in eighth place um, for for a second season in a row. Um, Kimmy finished last year in 12th. I see him falling down to 15th place in the driver's standings, and then Giovinazzi. Um, staying right where he was from 17th last year to 17th this year. But he will maintain the best hair on the grid. <laughs> yeah, that is some haircut he's got, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. We call that a flow Probably. in the hockey world. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Luke, where you got uh, Alfa Romeo? Um, so I have Alfa Romeo. I said Haas 8th. I'm going Alfa Romeo 9th. And he, let, me, let me explain myself here. I think Haas... Haas had a car that if you could figure out a way, you know, it showed flashes of brilliance at like 
maybe two specific points in the season. Um, with an off season and with tires that are supposedly easy to man- easier to manage uh, temperature wise, I can for- I can see to where Haas could ju- uh, leapfrog Alfa Romeo because if Haas can manage to get the car turned on, um, I think they they might have a quicker car than Alfa. Uh, Kimi Raikkonen, I mean, uh, you said it. Uh, we're going. Uh, uh, I'm going 15, 16 for Raikkonen and Giovinazzi. I'm doing pairs here. But the, yeah, Raikkonen and Giovinazzi, I, I just there's nothing, there's nothing that excites me about Giovinazzi. I, we sometimes skip over him in the GP reviews because I forget he even races. <laughs> but <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kimi Raikkonen, I, he's the ice man. I think, you know, I'm going to kick him up to 14th. We're going to do 14th and 16th. I think Kimi Raikkonen falls. There's just, I don't know. There's not much to say about this Alpha team. They're just kind of there, and I think that's. It, okay. it hurts them that they're, they're one of the least intriguing teams to my mind. You got you got Kimmy in 14th, and you said what for Giovinazzi? Because you got K-Mag in 16th. Oh, I right got now. K-Mag in 16th. Uh, who'd I, yeah. Yeah, okay, we'll do Giovinazzi in uh, in 15th then. What what position 15th, am I okay. missing? Uh, 17th. Oh, 17th. Uh, we'll do uh, – screw it. Put Giovinazzi in 17th. <laughs> Oof, rough. I forgot. I forgot. I had a hole at seventeenth. My bad. I put that. I'm looking at my paper right now, and I have two people in that. Too. And <laughs> maybe, maybe they'll tie. Yeah, maybe they'll tie. <laughs> All right, uh, Rob. How are you looking on uh, Alfa Romeo's prospects this year? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same as you guys. Though I, I am going to go with a slightly different prediction on the drivers, but um, going to put Alfa Romeo in eighth. Uh, again, you, you've said it perfectly there isn't really a whole lot to say about them they're just kind of there very pretty car don't get me wrong that car is gonna be very nice looking as it's wandering around the back of the pack but <laughs> i mean there isn't re- yeah i mean is this would be the sport of the shorter segments of this episode i think because there isn't just that much to say i i, I love kimmy raikkonen let's let's be honest kimmy's been around for a very long time and he's still got speed in him but I love the guy, and I hate to say this, but it is—it's time for him to now to go. I think before he starts to outstay his welcome, he's got a lot of experience. He's a good fit for the team, but I do think it's now time for them to bring in someone young. Maybe if he has a good season in Formula Two, maybe a Mick Schumacher. Like you know, Kimmy's done some great work. It's time to go. I think this is the year Giovinazzi takes that next step, and he beats Raikkonen. I, I really do. So my prediction on the drivers, I've got Giovinazzi in 15th and I've okay. got Raikkonen 17th. I actually think this year, Giovinazzi, he's, he, he showed flashes of speed um, up until when he put the car on the wall in, in Spa, for example. He looked really, really quick, was having a solid race and he just needs to put all of that together. And this is the season he needs to now show that he can beat this like guy in his early forties, and he's a young man. He's got potential, and I I, I actually think this is it. You'll beat Raikkonen this year. All right, interesting. What uh, what say you, John? Yeah, Rob, I don't think you're that crazy, honestly, on this one. I know these guys think you might be, but uh, I, I I'm giving <clears throat> you a little love here. Oh, yeah, I you. think I think Raikkonen's. Like you said, I think he's at the end. He's just kind of in cruise mode. Uh, I think I, my gut tells me this is the last time we'll see them. And uh, I'm still one of those fools that thinks that one day Giovinazzi could actually be in a Ferrari seat. 
even though it may only be for a year or so. Um, so In the got, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so I've got Gio going up. I think he was 17th last year. I've got him bumping up to 13th. In the standings. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. That's a massive big, leap. Big jump there. And uh, and then I've got Kimmy. Uh, let's see. Kimmy was 15th. No, he was 12th last year. So I've got him dropping down to 16th place in the, yeah. in the uh, standings. I thought I was. I thought, you know, making an out there <laughs> prediction. Wow. Fair play. Yeah. Fair play. Can't argue. Well, I have a good time in Vegas when I go, guys. If that's <laughs> yeah. Put it all this, on this, black. It's all matter. This wouldn't be the first time I've accused John of having a bit of a man crush on those uh, those beautiful locks from Giovanotti. So just just further proof. They are beautiful. Yeah, with my uh, <laughs> ever so increasing bald head, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on to uh, Racing Point, who finished seventh last year. Um, surprisingly, it looks like uh, maybe Daddy Stroll, a uh, very rich man is actually shopping in the used car lot and uh, found himself a Mercedes to paint pink. Um, real exciting noise coming out of Racing Point at testing. Um, easily one of the most talked about teams, I think, over the last couple of weeks. Um, and I- I'm buying uh, for sure. I think mm-hmm. Racing Point's going to finish this year in fifth place and really challenge McLaren. Um, maybe even touch a podium. Probably not Lance Stroll, um, but I'm a, I'm a big Checo Perez guy. And I think he's going to finish in eighth place uh, overall. And Lance Stroll even, I think, is going to have a better year. Um, I think he's going to figure out qualifying just a little bit. Um, and his, his Sunday performance is usually pretty strong. I see him finishing in 12th overall. So I got Racing Point fifth, Sergio Perez eighth, and Lance Stroll 12th. Uh, John, what do you think? Uh, skip me on this one for a second. I'm, I'm working out some math here. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll come back to you in about an hour then. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, yeah. give, me, give me two hours. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll try Rob. I think he's on the ball here. What do you got? Uh, not too far from my predictions. Yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm all in on this racing point. You know, hype, if you will. Uh, got them as fifth in the constructors as well. I have. Dude, I long... swear, I think you, I think you stole my notes, Rob. You're yeah. like right along with me on all these. Yeah, so far we are, aren't we? Uh, yeah, fifth in the constructors, and then Lance Stroll. Did you say twelve? I have him in twelfth. Yep. Yeah, I also have him in twelfth as well. Oh boy! Uh, <laughs> and uh, you mentioned as well, uh, they're going to score some good points this year. They're going to score decent points, fourth, maybe the occasional fourth place, fifth place, and I do actually think they could take one podium. And it's not with Stroll, it's with Perez, <laughs> which I thought was funny that you think the exact same. I, I have Perez in ninth, though. But okay. um, I mean, that car looks really solid, looks really, really solid. I just hope it isn't kind of like what happened with Haas, that they went into the season looking like they had a good package. And then it just all falls apart very quickly when it becomes apparent that they just can't you know, switch the tires on or something like that. But if they have, you know essentially carbon copied a mercedes of old that's not a bad thing an old mercedes is still going to be faster than 50 percent of the grid so that's not a bad thing i mean apparently it's completely coincidental okay yeah sure but yeah i'm really excited for racing point i really want them to do well i'm not a huge fan of perez or stroll as drivers but in a car in a good car i think we'll we'll see what they can both actually do so yeah 
Yeah, I'm hoping for big things from Racing Point because when they make that transition to Aston Martin Racing, like I really want them to be good, and that's a team that I would really enjoy rooting for. So I'm hoping they're on that path. Um, but then moving forward, Luke, uh, what do you think about Racing Point? Are me and Rob crazy, or are you rolling with? I'm us? telling you, I'm rolling with you guys into that casino in Vegas, baby. I'm, I'm. Let's do it. I'm, I'm in on Racing Point. I had them as fifth best. Uh, I have. Uh, I'm maybe not. I, I do like Checo Perez. Don't get me wrong. I have Checo Perez at ninth instead of eighth. I know huge, Ooh. huge right. difference there, but I do have Lance Stroll at 11th. Uh, so, you know, Checo loses one, Stroll gains one. Um, the only thing I can see is that uh, in that midfield, uh, you know, the Mercedes last year didn't exactly have to follow a lot of dirty air. And when they did, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the greatest car at it. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't the greatest car in dirty air. Um, and when you're putting a, t- a car like that in midfield, it'll be interesting to see what the dirty air uh, does to that uh, racing point. Mercedes, Force India, whatever you want to call it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm high on racing point. I'm fifth best car, hands down, I think it is really what we're looking at this year. I mean, That's actually a, a really good point, Luke, yeah. um, about the dirty air part, especially since they did have some overheating issues at Mercedes. So um, that's, that's actually a really interesting point. But I will, I, I will uh, say, though, that uh, that's going to, you know, for, when that happens, that sucks. But uh, Racing Point could definitely use the help in qualification. Uh, <clears throat> looking at you, Lance Stroll. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that how that balances out, you know. Yeah, definitely. That's going to be, I think. Um, the biggest key for them as a team and especially as a driver. So, um, John, what about you? You, you done with that abacus yet? Uh, you figure out yeah. your math. Still working on that long division, but um, <laughs> let's. Yeah, I, I don't think you guys are crazy. I, I as well have Racing Point in fifth place. Um, I have Perez bumping up. Let's see, where was Perez last? He was eighth. I have him bumping up to seventh in the standings, and then I've got Stroll making a little bit of a jump up to eleventh. Um, let's see. Yeah, from 15th last year, so should be a big improvement. I think actually, I think Perez was what 10th last year, so a big gain for him and a decent little gain for Stroll as well. I think both those guys move up the field. Okay, so Perez seventh, Stroll eleventh, racing yep. point fifth. Very very good. All right, so now moving on to a uh, a rebranded team, the second alpha of the group. I'm gonna try my best to pronounce this correctly. Um, uh, from what I heard, yeah, but I believe you, it's can, alpha. Can you... Can you confirm it? Because I've literally had any pronunciation <laughs> under the sun in the last few weeks. Well, so. I, I'm I'm just gonna tell you guys all season. I'm calling it Alpha Tori. Yeah, so me too. Because that, Alpha Tori American pisses what, me off. From what I've heard, it's Alpha Tauri. Is Fuck the way off. It's supposed to be I'm not calling it that. that. <laughs> I can't do it. You can't do that in American it's, accent. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it is named after the star Tauri. Alpha Tauri, but. Uh, even as a guy with like a science background, I'm like, that is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, now I think I'm just going to say that, oh, you're just a piss John off. So, uh, I'll, I'll have to look forward to. Uh, but uh, Toro Russell finished in sixth last year. Um, let's go with Luke first. Where do you see Alpha Tauri finishing this year? Uh, so Alpha Tauri, uh, yeah, uh, I I don't, I mean, they're just kind of there. They're up there with Alfa Romeo and that they're not super uh, intriguing to me. But uh, yeah, Pierre Gasly, um, I think the he's interesting because he kind of had a nice end to the season. He had that redemption arc in uh, 
in Brazil. Um, and then I'd be darned if I can remember a single interesting thing about that, uh, about that Yas Marina race, but he didn't screw it up. Um, so I think Pierre Gasly uh, is interesting. I put him in P12 right behind Lance Stroll. And uh, for Danny Kvyat, I put him in P14. So I think, uh, I think sixth best car on the grid is what is my missing slot. And I'm putting, uh, I'm putting Alpha Tauri, Tori, Tori, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I'm putting them there. So you got the team in sixth, uh, Gasly in 12th. And then you're going with this tie again. Oh, am I going with the You already got Kimmy in 14th. <laughs> who do I, I have in 14th? Uh, Kimmy. Oh, shit. Did I, okay, never mind. Then I'm missing 15. I wrote this shit down wrong. All right. <laughs> so we're going, we'll go, we'll go, uh, we'll go Kimmy 15. Right? Yeah. Okay. Kimmy 15. Kimmy 15. Yeah, Kimmy 15 and torpedo fourteen. Oh, this right. is making my brain hurt. If I'm honest, <laughs> welcome to my life, man. <laughs> Blame the guy. The problem is, uh, I can't see for you. But my problem is, I'm sober right now because it's the middle of a freaking work day, and uh, that's just fucking everything up. I need some alcohol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're, the Jet Daniels on the deck. We here in St. Louis can only count to eleven <laughs> World Series trophies, so you know. Just, oh. oh. Don't make us start adding up <laughs> NHL, NBA. Yes. I, mean, got a little I was going to say, it. we get, we do have, we got six baseball between the two, my team and that shitty. We have game two like. teams, and we're really not that far behind. You have what, one, two, three, four, five teams? I, I love listening to American people argue about sports. <laughs> it's just amazing. Right, Chicago's success comes in in fast blurps. You know, it's like it hits, and then it's a, it's a hit it and quit it mentality over here. St. Louis, so we got to probably <laughs> we live by that. St. Louis is almost always good to the point that other people hate us. So, <laughs> oh, there, there, don't worry. There's plenty of reasons I hate you guys. Hate you, uh, but- <laughs> hate you too, buddy. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go next for Alpha Tori. Um, I got him finishing in sixth place right behind Racing Point. Um, and then I got Gasly in ninth place. I think he's going to have a pretty strong year. He seems to fit uh, much better in that team, whether it be the less pressure or just um, better relationships with, with the teammates and the team members there. Um, but he definitely looks stronger, um, you know, in on that side of the Red Bull equation. And then I got Kvyat down in 14th place. Um, I know, I think it was today or yesterday, I saw a headline from him saying, he hopes to make moves into that Red Bull seat possibly next year. Um, I, I don't know if I see it. I was impressed with him last year, but uh, I think he's going to regress a little bit um, and maybe go back to some of his old torpedo ways. Yeah, I don't see that happening either. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I just don't see him on Red Bull. I wouldn't want him there if I was Max, um, that's for sure. So, um, John, where do you stand on uh, Alpha Tauri? Howry. Uh, all right. Where are we? I have them in seventh place in the constructors, mm-hmm. um, right before the other alpha in the group. And then as far as drivers go, let's see. Gasly, I've got him going from 13th last, or excuse me, from seventh last year, way down to 15th. Oh, boy, uh, that's a hell of a drop. And then, yeah, yeah. Well, he's not going to have that Red Bull car underneath him, so. Um, and then I've got, uh, Kfiat, who was 13th last year. I've got him moving up to, or down to 14th. So both these guys are taking a drop. 
rough. I really think that last year had Gasly been in the the B team um, the entire season, I I think that heavily contributed to his being in seventh place last year. So I think it would have been a a very different story if, you know, the first 11 or whatever races it was that uh, he had had that success of being in the same garage with Max. Maybe, but I think he scored his most points uh, while he was driving for Toro Rosso. That's true. He took the pressure off. At least singular most points. Um, we'll see how the season yeah. plays out. They, yeah, they, they, they the do have a beautiful car, car though, for sure. It yep. has, yeah, as I'm saying, they definitely take that title, I think, hands down. So they, they used gray and black um, and so out Haas the Haas is what they did. They, they just beat Haas at their own game. <laughs> <laughs> That's because Haas was too lazy to even like, they're like, all right, what did we do two years ago? Who cares? <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm not a fan of the Haas livery at all. Well, last year there but, was just like, well, we have shady Russian oil money. Let's uh let's let's become Lotus for a year for no particular reason. <laughs> uh, all right, Rob, where where do you got the uh the Alpha Tori boy. Yeah, I mean, just to, yeah, the the Alpha Tori looks stunning. It's an absolutely amazing looking car. Um do I think that's going to translate to it being quick on track? I, no, I don't think so. Uh, I've got them seventh in the constructors, and I have Gasly right. in 13th and Kvyat in 14th. Um, don't think they're going to go scoring a podium apiece like they did last year. I mean, there's nothing coming out of preseason testing for me that makes you think that the Alpha Tori is going to be fine at the top of the midfield. Uh, there's not a great deal to say at the moment because, again, I don't think they looked hugely strong compared to, say, like McLaren or Racing Point. So, therefore, they're going to get beaten by them for, on a regular basis. But I hope Gasly does well. I, I want Gasly to continue the redemption from his horrible time at Red Bull. I mean, you only have to watch Drive to Survive to just see how poorly they treated him and made him, as much as they were saying, you know, you got to believe in yourself, but they can only do that. And then you've got your race engineer talking like a complete dick, like making you sound <laughs> shit. <laughs> he might as well have gone, mate, you are so slow. Can you please go quicker? Can you please push? Can you please push? Imagine being told that as a racing driver, can you please push? It's like, yeah. mate, I'm doing 200 miles an hour like all the time. And it's not good enough. Like, what do you want from me? I felt really bad for him. So I want him to do well. Danny Kiv, yeah, I read that he, he's looking at going into the Red Bull. He wants the Red Bull seat. Yeah, on the PlayStation game, maybe, but not in real life. That ain't, that ain't happening. <laughs> and again, I don't mind Kivy, uh, Danny Kiv. I think he's, he's, a, he's an okay racing driver, but there's nothing... Like, he's not a star. He isn't Max Verstappen. I would even argue he's not Alexander Albon. I think Albon's got something about him. But Danny Kiv is providing he can just not go back to his torpedo ways, should have an okay season, retain his seat, and they'll go from there. In fact, both lads will retain their seats. No one's going in that Red Bull seat. Yeah, so Constructor 7th, Gasly 13th, Kvyat 14th. Uh, yeah, and you, you mentioned that episode of uh, Drive to Survive. Uh, definitely one of my favorites. Less to do with the plot and action during the episode, more to do with Pierre Gasly's girlfriend being featured. But uh, 
we'll, we'll save that for another. I'm going to edit that part out. <laughs> and Rob, you know, on my version of the PlayStation game, Grosjean actually ended up in a Ferrari seat the other oh, day. So Jesus. anything is possible. As a, as a diehard Ferrari a quick fan, beef that with is a you. nightmare scenario. <laughs> <laughs> a quick beef view. I, I think you all three thought I was crazy with my predictions here. But Rob, are you not just like one step above me here? Aren't, aren't you like uh 13th and 14th and i'm 14th yeah and 15th. I mean, have you got them in seventh as well for the constructors i, I yeah I yeah do. so yeah, yeah. yeah we are very close again yeah <laughs> stop reading See, my it notes sounds, it it punches <laughs> you in the gut when you first say it out loud but then once you you look at the bigger picture you're like oh yeah, yeah. you know they mm-hmm. look good but they're probably not going to be yeah. that fast it's a shame it's, it's a shame because that car deserves to be on tv more because it looks amazing that stormtrooper look, man. Uh, yeah, I hope they show every pit stop because the boys mm. look good. Yes, they do. All right, I'm gonna have to edit that. Part <laughs> <out>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to my uh, my least favorite team on the grid, as as most of you already know. Um, that being the French team Renault. Uh, Ferrari. Oh, <laughs> what don't you like about Renault? Uh, mostly they from France. <laughs> as a British man, you I thought you would understand that one. <laughs> Well, that was why I was asking, because I'm thinking, well, you know, you're American. We're, we're the Brits. We're the ones that apparently should hate the French. But what if the Americans go against the French? The, the hate is strong, and, and at least it's American. <laughs> okay, I can tell right, you that. fine. <laughs> well, uh, so last year, Renault finished in fifth place. Um, I see them regressing this year. I got Renault finishing in seventh place this year um, on the, the constructor's table there. Um, I got Danny Rick. Last year, finishing in ninth. This year, I actually see him dropping back a little bit down to 11th place. Uh, nothing against him. Um, I'm a big Danny Rick guy. Um, I just hope that he has a, a, another bad year at Renault so that he leaves um, and, and finds some other teams so I can more actively root for him. Um, and then Esteban Ocon, a uh, new driver for Renault. Um, not new to F1, but he did have that one-year break um, in between. So I think there will be some rust involved there. Um, obviously, he didn't have a place last year, but uh, I see him finishing in 13th this year. I know I've heard a lot of good things about him. Um, looked okay at times. Um, a couple years ago, at Racing Point had some battles with Checo. Um, but yeah, like I said, I think there's going to be some rust with him and, and a bit of a learning curve again. Um, so I, I don't see him doing too much. Um, but maybe the following year, I could, I could see a little bit more out of him. Um, but Luke, what, what do you think about uh, the French? Well, I got to say that, uh, you know, I'm from south of you guys. So everybody I know just calls them Renault. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> we're in we're oh, a drag gosh. strip and literally my boss goes is that a Renault going on there I'm like yeah sure <laughs> but uh, yeah I'm not oh, too hyped God. on it I think uh, Cyril Abitable is on maybe the hottest seat in Formula 1 right now when it comes to team bosses I'd say even hotter than Gunter Steiner maybe um, uh, I have uh, mm-hmm. Ricardo 10th I have Ocon 13th I really want Ricardo, because I, I like him as a driver. He seems like a wonderful guy. I want him to not have to deal with the BS that you know Renault is just producing left and right. But there's just there's a culture around Renault, and it's similar to the culture around Ferrari, where you just you're like you guys can't get anything nailed down right right now. Um, so I think I have seventh open, if I'm correct, seventh or sixth open. Seventh, and that's okay. Guess that's where I was going to put Renault yep. is seventh. I think they take a step backwards. I think Cyril Beatable, uh, when it comes to 2020 season, he's not in charge of Renault. 
Um, and you know, they're a factory team. Uh, they should start acting like it, <laughs> but yeah. I, yeah. I agree with that. There's just, there's nothing, nothing to be hyped about if you're Renault. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, what, what do you think about it, Rob? Okay. So I've got Renault coming sixth. Um, and this, this is going to surprise you. So I've got Ricardo 10th, but I actually have Ocon in Damn. Ooh. Damn. Oh, well. So I really rate Ocon. Um, I think it was a travesty that he wasn't on the grid last year. Uh, to be fair, mm-hmm. if, his, if his only option was Williams, then yeah, you can understand maybe not wanting to be in that car, which is fair enough. So a year out, that guy is going to be fired up to come in and he has got as good a teammate as you can get in Danny Rick. But I, I really can see Ocon coming in and just doing the business. I, I think he's super talented. He's got a lot to give. Danny Ricardo, I mean, I'm sure there's a part of him that regrets this, the move. Not necessarily. Yeah, it's not 100% not, a part not, of him. Yeah, not necessarily leaving <laughs> Red Bull, but just going to Renault. I, I remember one of my best friends, he's a, he's a massive Danny Rick fan. And he said, I just don't understand. And I said, I don't think anybody does. I just don't think anybody understands or understood or still does the move. There wasn't, unless he's looking at it long term with it being from 2021 that he's thinking, actually, there is potential long term for this move to be successful. But if it was, <laughs> he would have signed more than a two year deal and his contract's yep. up. He will be the key to the driver market going into 2021. I actually think he's going to go to Ferrari. I think he'll go there, which leads into more what I'll say about Ferrari later on. I also think that because Ocon's going to come in into a team Ricardo's been in for a year, that there may be, I mean, the media will blow it up, but there may well be a little bit of an inter-team squabble between the two. Ocon has a tendency to get a little bit fiery with his teammates and not teammates anybody sometimes he's an emotional dude danny rick is the same that could very well cause a couple of problems for renault and to be fair they need it to be as plain telling as it can get because they've been on a rocky road especially last season i think so yeah constructors sick for renault ricardo 10 voc on eighth and yeah ricardo to announce his uh, departure and go to ferrari very interesting predictions there uh, what, what about you, John? What do you think? Uh, yeah, so I've got those uh, Frenchmen over in sixth place. Uh, I, I agree. I think they'll have a little bit of a, a drop-off. Um, I, I agree with you, Rob. I think I, I'm really high on, on Ocon as well. Um, I, I agree. I think, you know, in the retrospect, I think he probably should have looked into maybe that Williams option because had – you know, I know they wouldn't have probably scored any points or anything crazy like that, but who knows what could have happened if he would have really, really impressed and been in a seat. You know, Botas started off strong, didn't look so good. I, my gut tells me there's a small chance that maybe, maybe he could be in a Mercedes seat today uh, and not that the, the Frenchman team. So um, I've got Ocon and 12th place. I think he's going to have a great year. I think there will be a little bit of rust, but I think he's going to have a great year. Um, and then I've got Danny Rick not too far ahead of him. Uh, I think I had in the same place that he was last year yet yeah, in ninth place. So I, uh, I don't think 
I think we my favorite has dropped off a little bit with with Danny Rick. Um, some of those dive bombs used to work in a Red Bull don't quite work in a Renault anymore. So it'll be interesting if he can adapt his driving style for that. Wasn't he saying that he? Yeah, it'll be something he to watch really was struggling. Was it with throttle application or the brakes in the Renault, especially in the first like third of the season? So then we tried a dive bomb in Azerbaijan. It just completely blew up in his face. And he, oh, yeah. yeah, if he can like you know learn to drive that car the way it needs to be driven, which is probably with a lot more care and fought than the Red Bull, which is a lot better all round, then he may well be actually a lot quicker than he was last year. But Danny Rick doesn't drive like that. He just goes all in. He sends it. You know, he licks a stamp and sends it. And the Renault as a car probably just isn't designed to do that, just all, all in. So uh, I hope the guy does well, though, because who doesn't love Danny Rick? Yeah, that's true. It'll be interesting to see if he can adapt. Uh, but before we move into our top four teams, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here from one of our sponsors, try and pay some bills around here to keep the lights on. Uh, but we'll be right back with this mega episode. Welcome back to the Outlap F1 podcast. This is the mega episode for the 2020 season. All of the predictions. I am uh, I'm James, your normal host, along with John, my normal co-host. And we're welcoming in Rob from the Everything Racing podcast and Luke from the Formation Lab podcast. So um, we've talked about the bottom half of the grid. Now we're going to move into the good stuff. Uh, starting with last year's fourth place finisher, McLaren, um, probably one of the bigger shocks on the grid. Uh, you know, the, the year before was was very, very bad. Um, but with a new driver lineup, a new car, they looked really strong last year. Real excited for their prospects. Um, I, I have them finishing best of the rest again this year in fourth place. Um, I think Carlos Sainz is actually going to finish in seventh, which technically is a place down from last year. But he took advantage of the fact that... Uh, uh, Gasly and Elbon had switched spots, so he was able to sneak in there into the sixth place on the driver's table. Uh, Lando Norris, I've got him moving up a spot from 11th uh, last year to 10th this year. Big fan of Lando, uh, but Carlos Sainz, um, especially after Drive to Survive, is really becoming one of my favorite drivers. I think he's a, he's a really good guy, uh, really good driver, and, and some of the performances he put up, put down last year were, were nothing short of incredible. So uh, I'm, I'm big on McLaren, um, and, and I'm, I'm ready to root them on all year. Uh, John, I, I know you're a big McLaren guy as well. So, so what do you see for them this year? Yeah, I, so I see them taking uh, the best of the rest, uh, the Formula One point five or Formula B championship. <laughs> um, the car looks freaking amazing too. Uh, I thought it looked pretty good last year, but it's it's pretty stunning this year as well. Uh, oh. For Science, I've got Science. Uh, let's see, last year he was. Let's see, six? I don't know if my math's mm-hmm. right here on this one, guys, to be honest with you. Um, I've got sides moving, staying in six, actually. Um, oh, wow. Wow, okay. Yep. And then I've got Norris in 10th. So I think both these guys, pretty similar to what they were last year. Uh, hmm. I think it'll be enough to secure that best of the rest. Awesome. I can't wait to hear who you have in uh, in eighth place then. Uh, Rob, what do you think about the, uh, the boys at McLaren? I mean, first off, yeah, the car is stunning, isn't it? It looks oh, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, mm. absolutely beautiful. And I think, like, yeah, free for free, I think it'll be uh, best of the rest. I think they'll come forth. Um, they're just, they. we need McLaren at the sharp end. Formula One does. And it's really great that they took the steps they did last year. Uh, I, I just want to ask a question. Can I, I'm not, not to go off topic, but 
Do you think how much of a leap forward would they have taken if Fernando Alonso was still in the team? Well, that would have just caused too much, fr- you know, of an issue because obviously he's a bit of a hothead and all the rest of it. Do we think the fact that Sainz and Norris just get on so well and, and just get on with it and work as a team um, meant they could take the leap forward they wanted to, as opposed to having just the very overwhelming presence of Alonso in the team? I think Alonso was was part of the the reason they were struggling um, for all the reasons you just said. I think them bringing in the two young, fresh faces is what really helped change the culture at McLaren and get them back on track. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, it wouldn't have been the same with um, with Alonso. It would, the, the interesting thing would be um, if it would have been different if Danny Ricardo had come over to McLaren mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. Renault. Um, but I could see them still being in a similar position with Ricardo instead of Sainz. Yeah, that's true. So I've got Sainz seventh. Uh, I think he'll take a slight, you know, you you mentioned the fact that he came sick because of the Gasly-Albon switch. And yeah. that's that's absolutely right. So I think this year there'll be consistency that Red Bull ain't going to go switching any drivers. And Sainz will come 7th. And I actually have Norris coming 11th. I actually think Norris needs a big season. It's kind of like with George Russell. In a, in a rookie season, you can be slower than your more experienced teammate. And it's kind of accepted because it's your yep. rookie season. This year, Norris needs to prove that he belongs. I think he will. I think he's fast. I think there's been flashes of times last season. Like, I think it was Austria when he was, like, fighting with Hamilton at the beginning of the race, for example. Like, only very briefly. But he showed those flashes of speed. But he was, I think, not maybe not convincingly beaten by signs. But he was outperformed by him across the season. He needs to show that, actually, he is worthy of a seat in what could potentially become a top team again long-term with them getting Mercedes engines back for 2021. And the fact that I think Sainz actually will beat him quite convincingly, that maybe the press will start asking questions about Norris. And I, I like Norris. Who doesn't like Norris? He's a local lad. He lives. He's from like 100 miles up the road from me. So he's a local lad and I wish him all the best. And I think he has got talent. But I do think Sainz is going to have the legs on him this season. So, yeah, fourth in, fourth in the constructors for McLaren, seven for Sainz, and a length for Norris. Very good. And then, uh, Luke, you got McLaren at fourth as well. You joining the crew? Oh, yeah, I have a, I have a McLaren in fourth. Um, I will say I do have some some kind of radical uh, radical numbers here. I got Sainz in P6. I think he stays right. in P6. Uh, I don't think – I think Albon jumps him, but I do have a – question mark in seven uh and then i think lando norris jumps up to p8 i know that's a lot uh but let me let me talk this through here lando was 11 last year behind perez ricardo albon and gasly okay i don't think uh gasly got helped by the fact that he was in in a red bull last year so i just don't i think he drops back um i think albon stays ahead of him but uh, I can see easily see him jumping Ricardo and Perez. I, I can, and that would be three spots, and that would put him in eighth. So, er, Interesting. Yeah. So I think I, it goes uh, for me. Yeah, Science six, Norris eight. All right. Very good. I, uh, I yeah, I can't really argue with any of that. Um, I'm hoping for that for Norris. I just don't see it quite yet, but I'll definitely be rooting for him because uh, big fan of that kid for sure. Um, but yeah, let's now move into the uh, the sharpest end of the standings with the top three teams. Um, see if we have any differences amongst us here. Uh, Red Bull last year finished in third. Uh, I actually have them finishing in third again. 
Um, same for Max Verstappen. Last year, finishing third. I got him in third again this year. And then Alex Albon finishing eighth last year after the move up to Red Bull. I got him finishing in sixth. I do think he'll get his first podium, and I'll actually get his first win this season, um, which will be very exciting for him um, and for me. I, I'm, a, I'm a Red Bull fan. Um, I like Albon. I like Verstappen. Um, they're not my number one team, but I do enjoy rooting for them, um, especially when they're battling with Mercedes because, uh, you know, how that goes. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I, I think Red Bull is going to be real strong this year. I just think the other two teams are going to be a little bit stronger. Um, so that's where I have them. Uh, John, what do you think? Uh, so Red Bull, I'm <laughs> getting a little crazy here again, guys. I got them finishing in second place, uh, on the year in this construct. Okay. Uh, so I kind of figured you'd have them. You can figure out fill in the gap for who I have in third there. <laughs> um, I've got Max, uh, Max coming in in second place. And I think I'm going to Albon. I think I'm going to have him in fifth overall. Albon in fifth. All right. All right, Luke. Uh, where do you, where do you see Red Bull finishing up? Well, I just I just want to say, John, I don't think you're insane at all. I have Red Bull in second as well. Uh, so you know, or we're just both haters. crazy. Yeah, maybe maybe we're both crazy. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but uh, I I have Verstappen in, in third. You know, Max is good. Max is just brilliant. But the the problem is is that that one two slot. Everybody knows how good they are too. Um, Albon, I have in fifth place as well. I have I have Albon coming in. Uh, in P five, nice man. I we I I feel like we got a couple of shocks coming up with Luke and John when we get to these uh yeah this next I, group I of drivers. I, I think I worked out one of them, and I'm already ready to get in. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm getting into a defensive position. <laughs> yeah, oh, in a defensive position. You're right. Yeah, we'll I'm see. gonna let we'll I'm see. gonna let the guest of honor Luke go first on that particular shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, All right, uh, Rob, where, where do you got Red Bull, Rob? Uh, so I've got them coming third. Um, I have Verstappen also coming third with Albon sixth. And like you said, I think one of you said before, uh, Albon to win his first race. Uh, that kid's got some serious talent, but oh, Jesus, yeah. what you, it's like the unenviable task of being Max Verstappen's teammate. Not only do Red Bull absolutely love the guy, like it's it's almost embarrassing like how much they are behind him. Because it's so blatantly obvious. But it's a good thing. Give me the throw, throw all your eggs in that basket because it's one hell of a basket. Because he is an absolutely superb talent, and he's a joy to watch. Isn't he? He's just exciting when he's racing wheel to wheel. There's arguably no one on the grid who is as exciting, as daring as Max Verstappen. But um, yeah, I can't see them quite making that leap to second. Not, not quite. It'll be close. It'll be close. Um, but yeah, I've got Red Bull coming third. And before anyone says it's because I'm a Ferrari fan and I'm biased, it's not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's my right, position. So, yeah. So speaking of Ferrari, uh, we'll move into them next. They finished in second place last year, um, and, and I'm excited to get into to what Luke has to say about <laughs> Ferrari. So, take so away, am I. Luke. So am I. Here we go. <laughs> All right. All right. Look. I don't hate Ferrari. Uh, I just, I look at the culture surrounding the team right now. I look at the way that everything's handled from, you know, the engineering aspect to the drivers, to the race strategy. And I feel like even the Ferrari fans in this, in this podcast are going, yeah, there's not a whole lot uh, that isn't, you know, bungled in some sort of way. I have Ferrari finishing third. 
All right. And that's not my radical one. Uh, I have Leclerc finishing fourth or Leclerc or whatever you want to call him. And P4. Guys, I got Sebastian Vettel finishing behind Carlos Sainz. I think Sebastian Vettel. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, what, what number is that put him at on your prediction? That is that is number seven. E seven. Now you think that was gonna come seventh? I think I think that they had the third best car on the grid. All right. And I think Vettel loses a couple points for DNS. I think he does. I think he loses a lot of points for DNS. Uh, I going for some spins or what? You know, I toyed with this and I realized that it's a it's a it's a ballsy prediction here. But I said, you know what? We're gonna throw you know some crap at the wall. We're gonna see what sticks. Look, I just I I don't. I, Vettel was supposedly the number one driver last year for how long of this season, right? Vettel's not the number one driver this year. He's in his own head. He's got the yips. He's the whole season last season. He didn't show any signs of improving on the fact that he spins out the car all over the place. Right. And honestly, I think the Ferrari car might've taken a step back this year. I think this year is the year where Ferrari really has to, they're kind of forced to bring some soul searching to the front. Um, They need to figure out their team culture ahead of 2021 because when everything changes in 2021 you might you're the hope is you know you see a small a more compact grid that's closer if you don't figure out your externalities of you know the way you run your team the way you design your team and the way you know everything down to you know your supply lines are run for crying out loud you could be looking at losing uh a grip on that upper half i think vettel is going to be not fun to watch this season if you're a Ferrari fan. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting shade being thrown. It's it's not it's not shade. I would love to be proven wrong. I, I like Sebastian Vettel. I liked watching him, you know, win world championships, but I just I look at last year and I look at what you know 20, 20 races, 21 races, him just throw it away and away and away. And at a certain point, you know, probably about 10, 15 races in, I was like, you know what? Definition of insanity is expecting a different result from the same set of circumstances. Yeah. You know, a lot of the points you've made are similar to ones I've made on the podcast last year, especially when you talk about team culture and, and some of the leadership at Ferrari. But uh, man, that'll finish in seventh would really be a shocker. Uh, Rob, why don't, why don't you get some, some, some better thoughts on Ferrari on the podcast here for me. <laughs> okay. I will say those were very well-made points, Luke. I'm not going to like say you're full of shit because you're not. That was a very good point. <laughs> um, what do you want first? Do you want the defensive Vettel or do you want, do you want my thoughts on Leclerc? Let's, let's hear defensive Vettel because, I mean, I realize I threw some shocking stuff out there. So I fully welcome the clapback on that, you know? <laughs> he, he's, not, he's not finishing seventh. He, I truly think he's going to find something. He's not going to beat Leclerc, and I'll get to that in a sec. But Vettel had a horrible season last year. But my, my argument would be that everybody has that one season, all the greats, Hamilton's had one, 2011, where everything just went wrong, whether that's through your own fault or things in your in, the environment you're in, just, just it doesn't work. And last year, that happened. Vettel went from being clear number one in comes this young kid who's been told, yeah, you'll, you, he'll be number two, no problem. Deep down, Vettel knew that wasn't really going to be the case. Surely he knew the club was going to come in and take it to him straight away. And he wasn't prepared for it. This year, he'll be ready. This year, Vettel has to be ready. Because if he's not, he has to leave. 
he has to leave because th- at this point you can't keep dragging someone in a team as you know as high up the grid as Ferrari if you're not going to do the business. Vettel has to be motivated to at least just cut the shit, cut the spins, cut the mistakes. Because I actually think in the latter half of the year, he he did a great job. I mean, pulled out like a really fantastic pole lap in Japan, for example. He won in Singapore. He he scored consistent points during the last uh, like part of the season. He, you know, in many respects, he, he almost kind of outperformed Leclerc overall in the second half of the year. But that first half of the year was a nightmare, it was a nightmare. I really think if Vettel has a season as bad as you're saying, he'll announce his retirement at Monza. And and I could see that. I want to say, too, that the latter half of Vettel's season, which I acknowledge, you know, he had a really great mm. half. Latter half of Vettel's season was with that power unit that there was a lot of question marks around that the F1 world is currently on fire about right mm. now. Yeah. Um, and if, yeah. and to be, to be fair, if that ends up turning out to be you know, shady, and it does come across as very shady. There's no denying that. Um, <laughs> then then that'll be that, but we don't know. And we kind of have to put either an asterisk next to it or take it with a pinch of salt. So, yeah, I think Vettel will come fourth. But if he has as bad a season as you're saying or as he had last year, he's going to announce his retirement and he's going to move away. He's going to step aside. Leclerc, I think he's going to win the World Championship. Whoa! Whoa. Damn. I really do. <laughs> I really think Leclerc has the it factor that is going to take it to Hamilton. I really am excited about Leclerc. He's so fired up. And that's the thing I loved about the fact he came to Ferrari and was just straight away like, oh, you want me to be uh, the number two, will you? I'm going to stick on pole, overtake Vettel immediately in Bahrain. And without the, the mechanical issue, he would have won that race comfortably. And that was only in his second race at Ferrari. He is now the number one. That Ferrari, I think he's better than he's giving it credit for. But I think Leclerc is better than we're giving him credit for. He has so much potential. And if he can just cut the little mistakes, like, for example, in Baku, when he crashed in qualifying, that could have been a race he could have won if he was not starting so far back down the grid. If Leclerc can just piece it together, He's going to take the fight to Hamilton. And because there's some questions over the Mercedes reliability, I really got this gut feeling that Leclerc might sneak it. Yeah, so I've got go. Constructor second, Vettel fourth, Leclerc to win the championship. All right, so Ferrari in second. You you know, you, Rob, you just inspired me here. I was kind of right down to the wire with who I was oh, going to have as the driver to win the <laughs> world championship this year. But you have inspired me to say that Charles Leclerc is going to take it home. Good man. And not, not just that. Not just that. I have Ferrari winning the Constructors' oh, Championship this no. year. Wow. It's gonna, it is going to happen. They, they are the sandbaggers this year in testing. They're ready to go. And, you know, yes, there's some team issues, some leadership issues. But you know what? Winning cures all. Agreed. And they're going to win from way early on. And things are going to be awesome. Yes, mate. And I can't wait. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Look, <laughs> I, don't, I do not live. All right. I live, what, 30 miles from East St. Louis? I have seen crackheads make more sense than Ferrari <laughs> winning the championship. <laughs> okay, just, okay, just come up. So you think it's, it's a crazy prediction for Leclerc to win or for Ferrari to win the Constructors? 
I think both. I think I think a little bit of both. <laughs> honestly, I think it's crazier <laughs> that Ferrari win the constructors because I will be honest. I agree. I think Leclerc has that moxie. He has that jam. I think that the man is or the kid. I mean, he's not really that old. The man's a a, a supremely talented, a world class talent right now. I don't think the car is a world class car when you look at Mercedes and you look at Red Bull. I don't think it's that far ahead of those, and I don't even think it's ahead of those. But is it not like a Fernando Alonso 2012 scenario where the car was awful, but he was awesome, and he's able to just drag a dog into positions and race wins, which it shouldn't be winning? And I got this feeling, Leclerc, now he's embedded in the team, he's got that almost firm number one status, he can do it. I'm with you. Good man. Oh, you know what? Right, we'll, let's, let's, we'll have a mega podcast at the end of the season. Let's we'll do we'll it. go back and play some of these. <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait. All right, John. Try and bring me back down the earth if you dare. Oh, and by the way, I've got Vettel finishing in fourth before I forget. But, John, don't <clears> try and burst my bubble right now, buddy. Yeah, so I've just been sitting here quietly, just soaking, soaking it all in, guys. And, um,. <laughs> I mean, I, Luke, I thought your points made a lot of sense. Uh, and then, sorry, guys, but I think it kind of went downhill from there. <laughs> no <laughs> way. <laughs> I, uh, shit. Okay, so let me preface this. Rob, I know you're a massive Sev fan. And uh, I spent many of my F1 days hating Seb, but I have grown to like him on a personal basis. Uh, sometimes when the guys don't win so much, it's a little bit easier to like him. Um, so I, I, I like the guy, okay. But uh, unfortunately, when I did my predictions, I was struggling in a couple of these areas. And so I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to put down who I think, and then I'll come back to some of these guys. And unfortunately, that left me with putting Sebastian Vettel in, uh, drumroll please, eighth Oh, you <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you, Luke, you mentioned, you mentioned you crackheads, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Some Chicago guys are all right, I think. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. But it, honestly, it's for the same reason. I unfortunately think that Sebastian Vettel is, and again, another guy who I absolutely freaking love, but I think he is now the new Kimi Raikkonen in that he is in coast <laughs> mode. And I, I just think, you know, we've seen it multiple times now. Every time that Seb gets a young up-and-comer, he crumbles. And that happened again last year for the most part. And I he, uh, he's definitely not going to be their number one driver going in unless Ferrari is really freaking stupid. And I, I Luke, I think you said it. I think he's, you know, I think it's he's going to be in his own head. We saw him make mistakes when he was in his own head and – now that you compound that, I think that's got a whole. It's just gonna. It's gonna be mayhem. I think he's gonna be in coast mode. And if we do have uh, an Italian Grand Prix with everything going on, which mm. I pray we do, uh, uh, yeah, honestly, it wouldn't shock me if if we don't get an announcement sometime in that that range. So I think by you know by end of summer, early September, somewhere in there, we're probably gonna know for sure that uh, there's gonna be a Ferrari seat to fill next year. So that's that's one of my big ones there. As far as Leclerc goes, okay, so, uh, guys, I, I, James, buddy, I love you, man, but you, <laughs> it, it's not happening. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's um, 
I he does have my oh, shit. I can't even say that. The the kid just whines too damn much, man. I oh mean, oh, every little when something goes wrong. Yeah, I know him. No, I'm not, I wasn't even going to say Lewis. I was going to say everybody. Everybody <laughs> bitches and moans I, I mean, on the radio when things aren't going right. I got to record with this guy James, you know, <laughs> forty times a year, so I, I I know what his response is, but. LeClaire is another one. He just cannot get out of his own head. If things don't go perfectly according to plan, yeah, it's it's game over. He just instead of focusing on the task at hand, like, hey, that didn't work out. Let me I have a fast car. Let me get up there. He just lets it spins and churns and churns. And then you see 16 different messages to the to the garage, you know, complaining and bitching and moaning. And so I've got the guy in fourth place uh in the constructors. I think he's taking the set back. And as you guys have all documented. The big thing that Ferrari was was shit in the curves last year, but they had a massive grunt on the straightaways. And with everything going on with that grapefruit smelling fuel how, and everything how does, that we how, talked about, how does about, that explain it's the one-two finish in Singapore? Ah, Singapore, I think, was anomaly. I think it's because, it's because I was has, there and I was rooting. <laughs> <laughs> you, you were there, Arno, and I'm so effing jealous of you. I, I'm that's my 2021 plan is to get over there, um, but. Yeah, I I think Mercedes has some overheating issues in Singapore, and Ferrari was the second best team at the time, so I think it, it worked out well uh, for them. But I honestly, I think, and they're I think they're good at those low speed corners because they can punch out. You know, there's a lot of 90 degree tight turns in Singapore. It's not the case in a lot of other tracks. So I think that grunt's going to be gone, guys. Unfortunately, and I think we're going to see a pretty tame Ferrari uh, in this year because I think they had a little bit of shady shit going on. And I think the FIA, you know, they they love Ferrari more than anybody on planet Earth. And I think this settlement, quote unquote, was just like, hey, we see something, but you know, ah, we're we're running out of funding and time. We just want to have time to investigate any further. Sorry, guys. So we're gonna settle and call it all square. Uh, but I, I'm pretty sure I feel like most of us think there might have been a little something, something going on with the back of that car last year. And I think that's gonna be neutralized this year. So yeah, unfortunately, I've got um, Ferrari. Uh, in third place in the constructors, I've got Leclerc in fourth, and I got Seb uh, doing the swan song and finishing in eighth. That's mad. <laughs> uh, I can't argue too much with your other right. stuff, but Vettel eighth is just yeah, that's crazy, man. Out of those two, <clears throat> because I like the guy, I hope I'm wrong about Seb. Leclerc could finish twentieth if it makes me the happiest guy on earth. Oh, oh boy! I would talk I, about I know, Mercedes because this should be interesting. <laughs> I would. I would yeah. love this en- team. Enough dragging my team through the mud. Let's move on. Let's move on to the old silver arrows here. Speaking um, of whiners, obviously, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> let's He's get it. Finished in first last year. <clears throat> um, I clearly have them finishing in second uh, for this season. Lewis Hamilton, obviously, finished in first last year. I have him finishing in second. Uh, Bottas, let's see, last year was second place, and this year I have him uh, finishing in fifth place. This will be his final season with the Silver Arrows. Um, his place will be filled by, I believe, George Russell, but don't count out Esteban Ocon if he does have a good year at Renault. Um, but I, I would definitely be leaning towards Russell for that. But, um, yeah, not too much to say about Mercedes. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and drag, you know, my, my, my co-host's favorite team through the mud like he, <laughs> he does so gladly with mine. But, uh you know, Mercedes is a, is a strong team, but he'll wait till next week in Melbourne. So, John, go ahead with your uh, your victory lap here. Uh, let me guess. Mercedes is going to finish first, and Lewis Hamilton's going to finish first. 
Yeah, I that you pretty much got it. Yeah, good job. Yeah. <laughs> um, I the only thing that worries about Mercedes <laughs> is I think reliability. Uh, as you guys mentioned, um, we'll see how how legal this uh, the new steering system is. The DAS. Uh, we'll see if um, if that makes its way completely through the season um, or not, or you know what what the FIA says about that. Don't know if it's going to have a tremendous amount of difference, but you know, tire wear and, and keeping tires warm was kind of one of their Achilles' heels last year, and maybe this slightly neutralizes that to a tiny degree. We'll see. Um, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a much closer battle constructor-wise, um, and maybe even honestly, driver standings than we had last year, um, because I think primarily reliability. I think we're going to have a couple of DNFs in that in there because of that. But yeah, I've got Hamilton first. Um, I've got Botas. I kind of was on the fence between he and Leclerc in third, but uh, because of the lack of grunt in the Ferrari, I think Botas is going to secure a third place, which I, I agree I don't think is going to be enough to impress uh, Toto and company any longer, and I think he's going to be on the way out as well. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that's it. First, third, and first for me. All right, what about you, so, I Whilst I think Leclerc will win the championship, I think it'll be like 1999 where Ferrari won the Constructors, but then Hakkinen won the title in the McLaren. I think Mercedes will win the Constructors. Hamilton comes second, but I actually have Bottas coming fifth. So, I don't think that's that crazy. So I think, I think your prediction of um, Bottas getting dropped for Russell, I think it's right on the money. Um, how many wins is Hamilton on now? Is he on like eighty? He's high. Is he mid to high eighties? Because I think he's going to beat Schumacher's record. Let me look that up. Yeah, I think he only needs. Yeah, somebody look it up. He, he can't need more than what? Like yeah, six or so. I think this is Maybe. it. As much as it will break my heart that he's going to beat. He's at. Boom. He's at eighty four. By the way. So he adds yeah, a little bit more on the thought. So he needs what seven? Right, the seven and Actually, if it's eighty four, he, he'll come close. Frustratingly close to to matching. Um, I thought he might. I thought he was around eighty six, eighty seven. But yeah, eighty four. Okay. Um, yeah. So in that case, then I don't think he'll beat Schumacher's record. So I just Bottas is funny, isn't it? I mean, the guy keeps getting one year extensions, and there's a reason because Mercedes just don't have true confidence in him. Guaranteed, they sign Russell on a multi year deal. Um, Hamilton, they'll re-sign. I think they'll get him for another couple of years because if he's getting beat this year by Leclerc, he's, he wants that seventh. He wants at least seven, so he'll re-sign. But I don't think he'll re-sign until late into the season. Just keep everyone guessing. Um, I did think he'd retire, actually, but no, I think he'll keep going. I think he'll keep going. But, um, yeah, right. Constructors first, Hamilton second, Bottas fifth. He gets dropped for Russell. And, uh yeah. Come on, Leclerc. Come on. <laughs> I can see Botas finishing fifth here. He's one. He's one of those guys that I don't. I don't. I don't see he's having it. So I think even my prediction of him being in third, I think, is just through really no luck or purely luck and no skill of his own. I think it, it would be more coincidental if he finishes third than anything. Mm. So yeah, I think he's on the way out as well. Yeah, guys. Luke, what about you? What you got? Guys, I have a poem for you. All right. I wrote this one back in 2014 and 2015 and 2016 and 2017 and 2018 okay. and 2019. It's, uh, you know, roses are red, violets are blue, Ferrari will screw it up, and a Mercedes won two. I got one two Mercedes just like last year, <laughs> just like the year before and the year before. And you get the point. All right. Look, here's, here's the thing is uh, 
I'm not as down on Botas as you guys are, I don't think. Um, I think that Botas knows his role and Mercedes knows his role. You let Lewis do the winning and Botas is just there to, you know, collect that second to third place. Uh, Mercedes knows what happens when you put two drivers who want to win a race really badly and want to beat their teammate really badly. They know what happens when you put them in for a full season. Rosberg and Hamilton didn't do, uh, weren't exactly the best for Mercedes in the long term. Uh, so I think, uh, I, I honestly think Hamilton and Botas won too. And I think that even even though Botas does not have the killer instinct to win the race, I think that uh, that's not what Mercedes asks of him, if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, I think the, the thing that first made me with Mercedes last year is that T- Botas was only like the only championship rival that Hamilton had, yet they were telling him to like not attack him, like in Singapore, for example. And I think that's just really bad. Like Ferrari get a lot of shit for having a favoritism in there, like the way they go about their business. But Mercedes are as blatant as anyone else. But it makes se- but it, it makes sense if you've got a driver who is clearly. At, you know, going to go and win the championship, then you, then you have to go and, and side with that one driver. Bottas, he, I think for almost for his sake, he needs to, he needs to leave and, and go somewhere else and be treated, truly tre- be treated equally. Because as long as Hamilton's in that team, no one's getting treated as, like, as equal number ones. Because you're right, if, if you have a situation like you had with uh, Rosberg and Hamilton, then it's just set for fireworks. And it happened with Ferrari last year with Leclerc and, and Vettel. So I just feel bad for Bottas in a way. I'm not necessarily down on him. I just can't see him, you know, almost like what you were saying, he's in his own head a little bit. You know, he came out last year, was all like, you know, piss and vinegar and was saying everything like, you know, to who this concerns, F you. And then what? <laughs> Nothing from there. Nothing. He he knows his place, as you said. So I think he'll I think he'll go. Unfortunately, I, I think. Yeah, I think. I was, was going to say I think a replacement. I wouldn't be shocked if that happens, but I just I don't know. I don't think it's Mercedes that would be like, you know, we got to get rid of him because of you know they don't want to pull in another number one driver. I just think it's it'll be more Botas going. Hey. I want to go prove myself with a different team. One hundred percent. Yeah, want to be the one number one driver. Do you guys think that um, Botas could end up at like Renault? I mean, I agree with you. I think that Singapore won, even as a uh, Hamilton fan, trying to for him, for him to win a championship. I that was the one. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of shitty because technically Botas definitely was still mathematically in the hunt. And I just like I was like even I was like ah that I didn't like that because I knew I was gonna have to hear <laughs> games like three damn hours of bullshit. And, so, let me, and let me just say, as a guy who uh, grew yeah. up with IndyCar, that kind of thing really does bother me because like you don't see that as much over on this side of the pond, which is those very strict team orders. But yeah, yeah, I I didn't like that either for the record. Yeah, but yeah, I'm thinking maybe Botas goes to, That's to cool. Renault. That's a good point. Um, or maybe his maybe his swan know. song at uh, Williams. We'll see. They need a bedroom driver. <laughs> well, Wait, Botas' swan song or Williams' oh. swan song? Ooh. Oh, rough. That's All right, so yeah. I think that wraps it up for our uh, predictions, both for team and drivers. So now I think uh, we might have to move into our random predictions, um, kind of treated as a little bit of a speed round, if you gentlemen are ready for that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Let's All right, it. so first up, we're going to talk about um, best of the rest. Uh, basically, all the teams that aren't the top three teams, how many podiums collectively they will have. Um, I'm going to go first. Like I said, let's treat it as a speed round. I'm going to say six. Yep. I, I, I agree with that. I have seven on my sheet right now. I think anytime you're looking at Albon or uh, Leclerc not ha- having mechanical issues, you're looking straight at, I like know, it. Rob, straight at the got? other teams. I've got four. I've got Sainz twice, Ocon once, and okay. Perez once. And uh, Jen? Four. So six, I've four, got four, four as well. seven. Uh, <clears throat> as far as most polls on the season, I'm going to go with last year's champ in this, Charles Leclerc, on his way to a driver's championship. John, what do you got? <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, that just wow. pains me to say it, but I think it's going to be both tests. What? Uh, with the most polls. Whoa! He's, he's a okay. single lap guy, but he has no race pace. Starting to so, worry about you. you know. uh, Rob, who do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I've got That's the club. man. All right. And then finally, Luke, <laughs> who do you see? Uh, get oh, in there, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, nice. nice job, I'm, I'm getting ready to go check the. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm about to go check the Outlap F1 bank account. Make sure there's no wire transfer over to Rob because <laughs> loving it. There's a little bit of collusion it's, it's going actually, on right here. I don't know what's going scary, on. Oh, I'm, I'm a big say. fan of Rob. If you say so myself. Um, <laughs> I'm a big fan of you, mate. I think. I think we might. I, I think we might all agree on this next one. Uh, but most team DNFs. This is a clear win for Haas in my book. <laughs> Can we all can we all just say on three yeah. who we think it is? One, two, Haas. three. One, Haas. 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 Ferrari. <laughs> okay, Haas. Yeah, I'm just Ferrari. I mean, uh, Haas. Yeah. One, of my favorite stats, one of my favorite stats last year was that Williams didn't finish last in a race until I think almost summer break because uh, Haas and uh, Renault almost always DNF before. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> 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 That's painful. All right, so next up, the most oh, fastest lap okay. for a driver. I have Max Verstappen. I think he usually finishes real strong in races, so I could see him winning that one. Um, what about you, John? Um, you know, I would say Max, but based on the whole point thing and drivers actually going for a little bit more. Um, I think it's going to be Leclerc. Oh, about time. I'll give him a little bit of love. Uh, what about you, Rob? <laughs> I've got Verstappen. Verstappen. All right, again, right with me. And then how about you, Luke? Uh, I have Verstappen as well. I think he'll be fighting more people for laps, and he'll want that point more than Lewis will. Or All right. will so. um, and then here's one. Do you see any midseason driver changes this year, a la Gasly and Albon from last year? Um, I'm saying officially no. Um, I do see there being an opportunity for uh, Robbie Kubica getting a couple races in there, uh, probably in Giovinazzi's seat. Um, you know, there could be any number of reasons why that might happen. Uh, maybe they just want to see if Kubica could be an option for the following year if Kimmy's going to leave, or maybe Giovinazzi comes down with a case of coronavirus. You never know. Oof. Oof. That wasn't even a joke. That was like a probably a legit. There is actually a genuine chance that could happen. We shouldn't laugh about it, but that is a genuine chance. All right, John, what do you think? Uh, Um, I think the coronavirus, unfortunately, I think could have an impact. So 
I don't know what would happen if the single driver couldn't get to there. I mean, I know they'd have substitute fill-ins. I don't know what the FIA would say about it, but I think that's the only possibility. I don't know who it would be, and I sure as hell hope it's nobody. But um, I think there could be, like, that one driver that, for whatever reason, Fair doesn't enough. make uh, What about Sunday. you, Rob? Nah, I don't think anyone's getting switched. I mean, it's different if someone's, like, yep. ill and can't make it. That's a totally different scenario. But if you're just getting replaced or dropped because you're crap, then that's a different matter, isn't it? I don't think anyone's having that happen. All right, what about you, Luke? Yeah, no. All right, I, I said there was a mystery driver involved oh, in my house team this year. <laughs> uh, Ooh. Uh, yeah, uh, so let me pitch this to you, all right? I will grant you that I, I think it's more likely that it doesn't happen, but I'm going to pitch this to you, all right? Haas isn't doing too well. Romain Grosjean hasn't improved yet. Haas needs a change. They need money, and they need to suck up to the Ferrari because it's the only thing keep, keep keeping them alive right now. Romain Groshan is in. Mick oh, Schumacher. I knew you were going to say – I was going to jump and say, can I guess? Uh, <laughs> I, as soon as you said yeah. Ferrari, it was like, oh, yep. I know where he's going with this. I, I had to put something spicy in there, and if there is a driver swap, and I think it makes sense for Haas. Uh, if if it gets to the point where they're desperate enough to do it, but uh, but Mick Schumacher's yeah, too nice. Gene, um, not Gene Haas. Um, Steiner will absolutely destroy him. He's too nice. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I, can we do F two predictions here real fast? Because I think Schumacher is going to be about P eight on the standings. Haas isn't worried about that. Haas is worried about kissing up to Ferrari and making that sweet. That is very That's true. Sweet. It's all about who's paying true. that money. That is true. Steiner probably has a giant horse tattoo yeah. on the back yeah. right now. You know, it's just like it's just a full body back tattoo. <laughs> All right, we got one final prediction. Uh, personal favorite of mine, mostly because I thought of it. But uh, what is going to happen more often this year? Grosjean crashes out of a GP or Lance Stroll makes it out of Q1? I'm going to say Lance Stroll makes it out of Q1. What do you got, John? Uh, I agree with you on that one. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think we're a little bit improved. It's going to be close, though. I think it's going to be really damn close within, like, one or two, actually. Uh, I will go, uh, I will go Lance Stroll as well. I just don't think, uh, I can't say Grosjean doesn't finish the season and then also not, you know, give Stroll that title. But, uh, plus, Stroll has a, has a strong car this year, I think. Racing Point looks mm-hmm. pretty pretty fast copying the Mercedes homework. So <laughs> yeah, I've got stroll. Yeah. That's just the, the car looks too good. So yeah, he'll get out of Q1 more times than that. than not. I will say this is a fantastic question. Though. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, Oh wow. <laughs> good work. <laughs> we loved it a little late. It's all good. Yeah. For our uh, yep. speed round of predictions. Yep. Um, pretty enjoyable. I'd say all we got left now is to plug our content. So, uh, Rob, you want to go ahead and start us off with that? Yeah, you can find F- uh, Everything Racing Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, all your good usual podcast apps. Give it a rating and a review. Ideally, leave it five stars. That'd be lovely. Thank you. Um, also, it's on uh, podcasts on social media. Just search for Everything Racing Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Awesome. Instagram. Very good. And then uh, how about you, Luke? 
Yeah, you can find the Formation Lab uh, on Apple, on Spotify. We're on Anchor as well. Uh, if you guys want to leave a review, uh, we're not going to tell you to give it five stars. Uh, we're not cops. We're just two dudes out of the Midwest. So, <laughs> you know, do what do what you want. But you know, five stars would really be appreciated. <laughs> of course, if you like our content, uh, our content. Last week we interviewed uh, Wolfgang Monser. He's a German journalist. He's followed motorsports from F1 to IndyCar to NASCAR to even dirt track racing for 54 years. It was an awesome awesome episode so i can highly recommend you go check that out and john you want to tell them where they can find us yeah yeah we're uh obviously on pretty much every platform known to mankind so um we will ask (laughs) (laughs) we can kind of be like us um yeah no we appreciate it um we appreciate the the feedback and comments and questions and all this fun stuff that comes on throughout the years so you we do it. Uh, we love talking F1, but it's even more fun when you guys hop on board. And uh, yeah, um, you know, as far as interviews go, you know, Luke, you said you guys had a kick-ass one last week. Had opportunity to to listen to it uh, yesterday or the day before. Phenomenal thing, Rob. You're the king of uh, storytelling. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy the uh, the production value that you bring in, and, and just going back and talking about all this uh, kind of legendary and historic stuff, and just really, the, you know, bringing new fans into light and teaching about the history of, of racing and things like that. Now you're expanding into other forms of racing as well. So that's awesome. And then uh, our little plug. Yeah. We had a, a pretty kick-ass interview ourselves uh, about a month or so ago with Saber cook um, America's own W series racer. Um, if you're looking for a new racing series to get into, I highly suggest W series and Saber cook should be number one on your list because um, she's a pretty kick-ass person and uh, pretty kick-ass on the track as well. So, yeah, so yeah, that was an awesome guys episode, well. guys. Thanks it's been for, uh, brilliant. for joining us for that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it's been an absolute blast yeah, on my end. I loved it. I hope to do it again yeah, in the future, sure. lads. Well, we'll have to set something up maybe oh, uh, mid-season we'll make, we'll so that me and, uh, Rob can rub it in your guys' faces as Charles Leclerc is uh, leading the way. Or or, or we'll be there with like, our tail between our legs going, uh, okay, well, yeah. Ro- uh, Rob, you clearly don't know me well <laughs> enough because I will talk shit whether I'm winning or losing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> well, we know you're Chicago sports. Oh. <laughs> exactly. <Good> exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. See you. Take care. Right, Thanks, Take guys. care, guys. Yeah.